What's going on and welcome to another episode of Chicken Scratch Gospel coming to you from Midtown Studios, downtown Bakersfield. I'm your host, Matt. With me, my co-host, Daniel. What is going on, my man? What's up, man? It's a beautiful morning here. Indeed. It's cold. (laughs) It is cold. It's cold. cold. My nose is cold. But I love it, though. I love it because, you know, this is the season where you get to just chill and get comfy and watch a great movie and is this one of those things where like you prefer to be cold than hot yes <laughs> okay i i like the i like the summertime personally but yeah i do but i'm, I'm i know i'm a, probably alone in that uh, most people enjoy the cold i mean there's only so much you can do in the summertime you know to to get it's only so many clothes yeah. you can take off yeah, i understand yeah. uh yeah no i get it yeah. i do that's yeah. that's been that's been said before <laughs> look you can put layers and layers on when it's cold but you can only take so many clothes what's off what's crazy is in the summer i tried to swim in my pool and it was my pool was warm that didn't even work <laughs> i was like what yeah that it's like sense. swimming in the hot tub yeah it's not gonna do much for you uh, I'm already getting a nice grin for saying, you know, there's only so many clothes you can take <laughs> off from, from Andy, which is great. This is a great, this is going to be a great episode. Yes, it is. Let me <laughs> ask you this question. Uh, everybody out there listening in the world, what do you get for the God who has everything? Mm-hmm. What on earth do you have to offer the God who has everything? And, and as I was kind of thinking about this uh, episode, um, of course, the the movie The Notebook came into my brain because we, we decided we were going to title the episode, What Do You Want? And that there's that whole back and forth in that movie, right? What do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? Like, And it's just this whole big thing. Um, but By the way, those those two argue like, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> it's a passionate it's argument. It's a passionate argument that's just like, they're like they, look, they look like they want to punch each other and then they're kissing the next scene. We call that intense fellowship <laughs> in my house. Uh, whenever Amanda and I get into an, a disagreement, we have we have intense fellowship. Yeah. And and yeah, no. And then you know we have a passionate argument, and that's what happens. But <laughs> uh, but what do you get for the God who has everything? Uh, th- there's this there's this proverb in chapter uh, 23, verse 26. It says, "Oh my son, give me your heart. May your eyes take delight in following my ways." And like I seriously thought about this. Like, what do you get? The one who, as the Bible describes, you know, owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, what's another uh, thing that they say? That they say in the in the Word, it says, um, you know, the the earth, the whole earth is His, and the fullness thereof. Like, what do you get? <laughs> this God who has everything, and I think that the answer is uh, God doesn't have everything until He has your heart. He's the creator of all things, but but the heart of man, according to Scripture, signifies the seat of a person's you know affections, thoughts, wisdom, understanding, all of those things. That in Scripture, it, it also says that the man's heart, by default, is it's evil and it's desperately wicked. And so, I want to unpack that a little bit because why then does God desire to? have our hearts, yeah. you know, if they're yucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of see this as an, an episode of uh, Grey's Anatomy, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, heart surgery. <laughs> and I, I, I really do because I, I think like, yeah, we are like the, the heart is kind of like the epicenter of, of who we are, yet it's evil yet there's the out of the heart flow the desires and, and issues of life and so the bible says to protect you know guard it but 
yeah, man, it's like, okay, Lord, like it's kind of this, like you gave us this heart. So what do we do with it? You know? Yeah. Um, if it's, if it's evil, um, then how do we get a new heart? What does that look like? And so I, when I think about this, this whole subject, I think about heart surgery, like the Lord wants to come in mm. and do some heart surgery on us. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, if, because the heart is the center of the man's being, what that signifies is that God's desire is to be the center of our being, right? right? And and to have sole ownership of that center, that throne within our hearts. And what you're talking about, the heart surgery, I love because that's what Ezekiel 36, 26 is, right? right? God's saying, and I will give you a new heart mm -hmm. and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove your heart of stone. That sounds like surgery to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'll remove your heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh. So he doesn't, he doesn't change the heart that you have, he exchanges mm -hmm. the heart that you have. Like when I consider, yeah, but I mean, do we really have hearts of stone? I think when I think of a heart of stone, you think, you think hard, you think nothing's going to, you know, break it. Nothing can get through to it. Uh, and he wants to exchange that for a heart of flesh where then there, there is blood flowing. His life is flowing through it. That which moves him moves you. The compassion that he has for people, you will now hopefully have for him. You know, God desires to be the center of our being and to make that heart uh, transplant so that he can exchange, empower, establish, and enrich our hearts, make them better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the scripture, um, the scripture is so good, man. Cause when I read it the first time I read it, um, it's almost like, a, like a I, I almost like took it as like a plead, like the Lord just saying, Oh son, like, yeah. like come, just give me your heart, you know, just, just give me your heart and, and learn my ways and follow me and learn who I am. But, and I see that and I see this, this God who's reaching down to us, wanting our affections, wanting our attention, yeah. wanting our adoration. Like he just saying, give me, give me that, you know, yeah. because we both know. And I, I think this is kind of even where, where we're going is we both know that in our culture, in our world, um, there's other things that are, that are, you know, desiring the attention of our hearts and that we're giving our affections and our attention to right. in this world, whether it be um, money or physical appearance or whatever that is, we're giving it even, even people, you know, even putting people above our creator um, and giving people and, and sex and, you know, all that stuff, our affection and, and our love and our time and our energy. And in this scripture, I just, I see the Lord saying, me your heart like that's what i want you know yeah. give it to everybody else but except for me yeah that's so good and i think exchanging a, exchanging a lust for love mm -hmm. you know learning the difference between the two and when and whenever anybody thinks of lust people they automatically go to sex yeah. um perverts but that's no because that's the first thing that comes into people's minds but right. you can lust for something and it not be sexual mm. um you know lust really has more to do with a selfish ambition than it does a sensual desire. You know, it's not necessarily getting your needs met sexually that equates to lust. Could that? Yeah, sure it could, mm -hmm. but that's not all lust has to do with. Lust has to do with the fact that your heart is only for you. Yeah. You're only out for, for just, I just want what I want. I want everything that I want. I don't care about anybody else. And God knows that about the human heart and that's why he wants to make this transplant that's why he wants to make this exchange and yeah the groanings of yeah. of a father 
saying, oh, my son. And it's not the first time that you see that in scripture. You know, there used to be, you know, songs that, that, that the church would sing that would have O's in somewhere in the song, you know, they have O's in places. And I remember, um, talking to a pastor friend of mine and they said, man, I hate when songs do O's. Like I hate when there's O's in the songs. And I'm like, why? I don't know. Just say something, say something or, or be quietly still before the Lord or whatever. And I was like, okay, well that's, you know, that's your angle. I'm not going to die on that hill, but I, I, I guess I hear what you're saying there. Um, for me, it, it almost is an expression of like there's there. It's a groaning. It's like there's there's no word to describe the depth of what I how badly I desire you to do this, you know, oh my son, like give me your heart. I cannot describe to you when Moses is standing before the children of Israel and he tells them, I put before you on this day, blessing and curse, life and death. He goes, oh, that you would choose life. That's Bible. Oh, the groaning of, of a spiritual father over a nation. The one who is communicating for, uh, for God specifically to God's people is groaning. And, and David writes, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Yeah. Well, you didn't have to put the O in there, but why? Because there was a, there was a yearning for this, 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 uh, this epiphany for us all to have. Like, this is not just my Lord. He can be your, he's all, he's the Lord of all. And so let's magnify him together. Let us exalt his name together. The scripture finishes there. And, and so I love the, the groanings of, of somebody who, you know, this is the groaning of a father spoken through the person writing the proverb. It's the groaning of a, of a father speaking through a prophet Ezekiel. It's, you know, that's, that's what these things are. And in Matthew six twenty one, very specific, Jesus himself speaks and he says, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. And God's like, you don't understand if you would, if you would prioritize me at the center of your heart, if you would let that, that seat be mine, then the treasure that you would experience would be life and life in abundance. You would, you would have all of those things that you concern yourself with in terms of provision or, or, or blessing or joy or peace or all that stuff. If you just let me, let me in, let me, this is my seat. Let me sit here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, I love, uh, that we're even talking about Proverbs, and this is actually coming from Proverbs because this is this is wisdom, man. Yeah. This is wisdom right here because before you can give anything to the Lord, before you can give him your giftings and your skill set and right. your, you know, your your sacrifice and you know, um, all that stuff, man, before you can give him anything, he's like, that's that's good, that's good. But first Give me your heart, because if you give me your heart, everything else, you know, yeah. I'll give you everything else. If I have your heart, I'll work through you. I'll work in you. You'll, you, I'll change you. I'll transform you. Yeah. You'll experience me to the fullest. And that's, that's, that in itself is just wisdom for us, man. Even for us that who are searching for something or who are trying to find identity and what we do or yeah. how much we do of what we do. The Lord's like, stop doing that. Just give me your heart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I mean, um, we're kind of going everywhere in the Bible today. And so everybody that's <laughs> listening, just, just be, just be, <laughs> be vigilant, <laughs> be vigilant. Cause now my brain thinks about somebody like King Saul mm-hmm. and King Saul had everything going for him. You know, he was a man who stood head and shoulders above the men of Israel. He looked like a King, you know, he was strong and he was fierce dude yeah. and he's waiting for the prophet to come. Because it's time to, 
you know, give an offering, a sacrifice to the Lord. And Saul decides that it's taking too long. And so he takes matters into his own hands and he burns this sacrifice. And we all think that, you know, Saul was like, yeah, but this is a, this is a sacrifice. This thing that I'm sacrificing, it's a good thing to do for God. But God speaking through the prophet then that comes after him and says, man, you messed up. Now the kingdom is, was just ripped from your hands because you didn't understand that what God desires is, is your heart. Not, not what you can, not what you can give him with your talents, with your strength, with your abilities, uh, with your, with, with all of those things. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Anything that you can give to God and say, this is a sacrifice of my, of my praise. This is a sacrifice of my worship. This is a sacrifice of my life. God's like, I want your heart. I want you to, oh, oh, my son, give me your heart and may your eyes take delight in following, being obedient, following my ways. And it's, it's like we have a hard time with this, yeah. you know, because we want to do what we want to do, how we want to do it, when we want to do it, and according to our timeline. And it's hard to follow God's ways when they're higher than our ways right. and his <laughs> thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Is this a difficult thing to do? But that's why we need that transplant so badly. Right, right. And God, I believe God, God gives us, as, as we yield towards him, he begins to give us that revelation of his, of his ways and, mm. and that longing for his word and, and who he is. Um, and that's how he begins to change our and transform our hearts, you know, to, to yield towards him, you know. And I, I, I mean, I love this because... Um, may your eyes take delight. I know the NLT version says, may your eyes take delight in following my ways. And I think of, okay, like you want our hearts, Lord, but we can't give you our hearts if we don't know your ways. Right. If, if we don't know you and who you are and your character and how you've operated, you know, and, and how your love is so extravagant mm. for us, how could we give you our hearts if we don't know who we're giving our hearts to? Yeah, that's good. And um, and how can we follow your ways if we don't know your ways? And so I think this is kind of a a place where we we kind of take inventory and say, hey man, like do we do we really know? Do we really know him, or do we just know of him? Yeah, that's a good you question. Know? You know? Yeah, um, because you you can't know somebody's ways right. unless you know them. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so are we are we spending the time? Are we digging in? Are we pursuing him, um, further and deeper, um, as we're giving him our hearts, you know, um, and I think that's important in this scripture, you know, is to know him and not just know of him. Yeah. And, and, and for those out there that may be considering, well, you can see what somebody does. Absolutely correct. You can see somebody's ways. That doesn't mean, you know, right. Their ways. It doesn't mean that you have a reason or understand the reasoning behind their ways. And, and while there are some things that are above our pay grade when it comes to God, there are other things that as Jesus is talking to his disciples, he says, look, man, uh, 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 you're my friends. You're not, you're not my servants because a, a, a master does not tell his servants all of his business. You're my friends. And, and we can know God in such a way so that we can understand his ways to follow them. You know, there is a reason for things happening the way that they happen. And, and there is, can, God, what are you trying to, you know, uh, Daniel, you asked a great question, you know, at the, at the end of, um, 2020, you asked what, you know, what did you learn in tw- what did 2020 teach you or how did 2020 grow you as a year? Because 2020 was such a difficult 
year. And a lot of people thought, you know, like the Thanos snap was going to happen. And once, once the you know clock struck 1201 on New Year's 2021, that now everything was going to change and be different. And it doesn't seem like it's happened quite like that just yet. But having said that, like, what don't don't be so upset and frustrated by the things going on around you try to understand and know the god that is in charge of the times and the seasons so that you can know how to follow in his ways whatever the circumstance yeah. right because then then that could give you a, a different that'll change the whole perspective yeah. you know on life yeah yeah and that's an every, everyday thing i think even as we're kind of just going throughout our day you know working and whatever we're doing God is in the business of transforming us wherever we are. Yeah. Because he's given us the Holy Spirit. And so I, I think a, a good kind of example is, you know, you're on your, let's say you're at work and there's somebody there that's, that's hurting, you know, maybe going through a divorce or maybe going through something, man. And, and um, that's his heart. His heart is the broken and the mm -hmm. hurting. And so God is, is changing us in a way where he's connecting with us to go be his hands, be his heart in this world, um, as we're seeking him and as we're giving him our hearts and we're following his ways, he's teaching us, Hey, before you wouldn't do this, you know, cause you would, you, there's other things that, that are on your mind and on your heart. Mm. This is my heart here, this person. Yeah. And this is your opportunity. And I think those are the moments where God is showing us like, these are my ways, you know, this is what breaks my heart. This is what I enjoy. This is what I desire. This is what I love. This is what I don't. Um, and he begins to reveal those things through his spirit as we're just living our everyday, everyday lives. But in the process, he's changing us. He's transforming. He's doing that heart surgery on us, you know, yeah. but it takes us to yield towards him and, and, and be willing to give him our hearts, mm. you know, and give him all of that, of that we are. And, and this, this then begs the question, you know, as to whether or not God, God has your heart. And how can you be sure? And is this something that you need to, you know, and the answer is yes, of course. Is this something that everybody needs to take inventory of and, and assess right now? Take a minute. You know, does God have, is, is God your treasure? Like how much do you value or prioritize him? And if you're, if you're confused by that line of questioning, how much you value God, you can determine by just how much you prioritize him. Mm -hmm. Are you spending time having conversations with God? Are you spending time both speaking and just waiting on God? Are you spending time in his word and trying to grow and trying to learn more about the person of God so that you can know the person and then follow yeah. his ways? Because if you're not doing those things, prioritizing those things, and maybe you don't value God the way that you think. It's a lot of people that believe that, that they are uh, uh, Christians, but they're Christians because they, they, um, were raised in church or because, well, they believe that God could exist somehow or, or, you know, some people, they're not Christians, but man, I'm a good person that not according to the Bible. You're not like, not according to the Bible. I'm not like, that's not how this thing goes. Good. Good is not a, uh, good is not, um, uh, subjective, mm -hmm. you know, cause good to one, good to one place. It might be good in, in for some, for some warring tribes in the Amazon, to go out and kill each other and then eat each other after they've killed each other. Like this is actually facts. The Maori warriors in, 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 uh, in Polynesian areas would go out and, and they would show their tongues because they were, they were, they were showing you a sign of disrespect. Like I'm going to eat you. I'm going to take your, I'm going to take your power from you after I kill you. And I take over the seat. 
to them, that was life and that was good. You were a good warrior if you did that. Was it good for the person that got killed and ate? No, probably not. It probably wasn't good. Like human reasoning and the subjectiveness of that which is good is not, it should not be up to those whose hearts are desperately wicked and evil (laughs) just by nature. It should not be up to us. If you want to understand and know, know the one who is good. Mm -hmm. The word of God says, God, you are good and you do good. It's not just what he does. It's who he is first. And what he does is good because who he is is good. Yeah. And, and God's trying to get us to this same place where if you would know the one who is good, then you would follow in the ways of the one who does good. You would then, I, w- I would help make you better and you could go do better things. Right. And we, and we all know, actually, my wife just hit, just hit me up like last week about this. Um, I guess there's like a, a, a Powerball or some type of like lot, lotto thing, lottery thing that mm. people are playing. And she's like, we should go buy a ticket. Let's go. <laughs> and I never, like, I never buy lottery tickets, man. Like, I I never win. It sucks. I, I'm like, man, <laughs> like, I've done this so many times. Like, it, I never even win a dollar, bro. I'm like, what is this, man? This is rigged. You never won your ticket back? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> this is rigged. But anyways, um, so, but people are like, yes. Like, man, if I could just win a million, like, what could I do with a million dollars? I go Spend buy a it. house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they wouldn't save it. Huh? Um, and so people get so excited for that. But I love that we're talking about treasure because is God our treasure? Yeah. You know, and you mentioned Matthew 6, 21, for your, for your treasure is, there is your heart. Do we treat God as our treasure? Is he a treasure that we found that we're so excited about? Like, do we know like when I think of treasure, you think of a treasure box, you know, you know, when you're in kids right. ministry and you're a little kid, you're like, I'm going to pick from the treasure box. Yeah. Like there's a water gun in there. I'm like, you're so happy. You know, the kids get excited. Like, are we like that with God? Like, are we like that? Like, are we like kids? Like, man, like what's in that box? Is God our treasure? Yeah. You know, is that, is that, is that what we delight in? Is that where we're looking forward to? Is that what we're affectionate towards? Like if we only knew who he was and the goodness, like you were talking about the goodness of who he was we would be so passionate about yeah. giving our hearts to him and, and, and allowing him to change us. Um, but sometimes we aren't, we're, it's like, it's like, it's like another thing, an obligation, something that we do, you know, something that, yeah. And so, um, I love that scripture, man, for where your treasure is there, your heart will be. And yeah. so is he our treasure? You know, that's a good, that's good, man. And it was, you, you went to a treasure chest and my mind immediately went to Bruno <laughs> Mars. <laughs> my mind immediately went to treasure. <laughs> That is, this is immediately, <laughs> is, is it, you're my, what is it, you're my, is it, you're my shining star, gold, golden star, you're my. You're, you're on your own on this one. Okay, yeah. I just, I wonder, anyway, that's where my mind went, the, the, that, that's the question, that's the question of the day. The question of the day is this, is God your treasure? Yeah. How much do you value, how much do you prioritize him? Yeah. Are you willing to make an exchange? Are you willing to allow him to have some heart surgery there. Yeah. What do you get for the God who has everything? Mm-hmm. You give him the epitome of your everything, which is your heart. Yeah. What, what do I get the God who has all I have to give? Honestly, Daniel, like all I have to give. We say like I give him, my, God, I give you my life. Well, yeah, you can. You can't give him your life until you give him your heart. Mm-hmm. And so, God, all I have to give 
is is my heart, mm-hmm. and you can, you can have that. Yeah. Please, please take that because that's that's the best I can do. <laughs> That's the best I can offer you is, is, is the seat of every intention, every affection, every bit of understanding and wisdom. That's the best I can do. And so that is what we need to do. That's what we need to focus on. What do you want? What do you get for the God who has everything? Your heart. Yeah. And I think once we, we give him our hearts, man, man, he starts, he begins to make things known to us, man. Um, as yeah. we give him our hearts and we yield towards him and we pursue him, um, God, that's when the transformation starts to take place, man. Mm. His, his ways become real. Um, his character, who he is, yes. begins to become real in our hearts. Um, so it's kind of like, give me your heart and just, just, just give me your heart and see what I'll do with it. You know, yeah. pursue me and, and, and I'll show you who I am. I'll show you how good I am. And uh, once you experience that, man, you just you just never go back, man, because he fulfills every place in your heart, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's like the widow who went and grabbed as many, collected as many jars as she could, and the prophet just continued to allow God stretched through the prophet the oil uh, for her to be able to make a living off of. And man, God will God will stretch everything that you every good thing that you've experienced. He will make it last if you would just but offer your heart to him with obedience, with honesty and authenticity. Mm-hmm. So give him, give him the epitome of your everything. Give him the center of your everything. That is, that is what you can do. That's what you can give for the God who has everything. And before we, before we take off, we, we've been doing this thing uh, here at the beginning of the year where we do recommendations. We give, we give some shout outs or recommendations. And so Daniel, what's your, what's your recommendation today? You know what, man? I, it's crazy that we're even talking about this because, um, in 2005, man, I came back to the Lord, um, walked away for about five years, um, got into some crazy stuff, crazy, but I came back to Jesus in 2005, and I really didn't know where to start. You know, I grew up in church, but I really didn't know, you know, God mm. knew of him, kind of grew up in church, that, that whole thing. Yeah. But coming back in 2005, um, I remember picking up this book, um, and I was, I was hungry, man. I was desperate for something new. I was, I was, I was lost, but I was then found as I came back to Christ in this book. I don't even remember how I came across it, but it's a Max Lucado, Lucado, whatever, whatever you want, however you want to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, both. Oh uh, yeah, both. Um, experiencing the heart of Jesus, knowing his heart, feeling his love. Um, book that I, I, I remember going to college and sitting in the cafeteria during my breaks <clears throat> and reading this. Yeah. And, um, and just knowing Jesus, getting to a place where I'm really knowing his heart, um, knowing how he interacted with people and how that related to me. I almost felt like I was in the book. And um, it, changed, it changed my life, man. It like kick-started my faith again as I came back to Christ. And so I just wanted to recommend anybody, it's a great way to, to start or even just read through it for even just um, you know, a reminder of, of the heart of Jesus and how much he loves us and mm-hmm. how to experience his peace, how to experience his joy, his power, all that great stuff, his grace, his mercy. Um, experiencing the heart of Jesus, Max Lucado. I love that, yeah. man. That's so good. Actually, uh, uh, Daniel showed me that before. Uh, yeah. Before we we uh, came on the air, and I was I immediately put it in my Amazon cart. I was like, all right, I want to check this thing out because you know anybody that says this right here changed my life, yeah. that's something that I'm interested in yeah. taking a look at. Um, so my my recommendation um, 
for today actually is uh, is an Instagram follow. I want everybody to get out their phones. If you're driving, wait. Uh, you can just press pause and then press play when you're able to get on your phone. But I want you guys to go out. I want you guys to follow Art of the Covenant. Art underscore of the underscore covenant is is the handle on Instagram. You can actually also go to artofthecovenant.net. And what this is, is it's a collaborative uh, community of creatives. And they have everything from devotions to motivational minutes to leadership summits that they have on Thursdays via Facebook Live. They do podcast stuff. Like they do all kinds of really cool stuff, man. They're a really cool Instagram follow. They're a really good business and, and community, again, of believers and, and uh, creatives. And so make sure you go check out Art of the Covenant. And that is all the time that we have today on Chicken Scratch Gospel. Make sure you follow us on social media. You can check us out on YouTube. Subscribe, hit the bell for notifications. And in the meantime, give Jesus your heart and go love like him. We're out. <laughs>